This is the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast, presented by eCity Interactive. eCity creates websites, marketing campaigns, and magic for higher ed institutions, large and small. Every digital challenge has a solution. eCity's talented team of problem solvers will help you find yours. And now, here's your host, Stephen App. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast. I am your host, Stephen App. Uh, really cool show today. We have with us Rick Clark. He is the Director of Undergraduate Admissions at the Georgia Institute of Technology, or as you probably know it, uh, Georgia Tech. And I'm really excited to talk to Rick today because he has been blogging for Georgia Tech from his role at Undergraduate Admissions since 2015. And I, you know, I've stumbled across his blog a few months ago, just absolutely fell in love with the content, with the angle, with his storytelling. It's something I think more admissions departments should be doing. And so when he agreed to come on the show, uh, I was really just over the moon. So let's, uh, let's get right to it. Uh, Rick Clark, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me and uh, really looking forward to the conversation today. So I appreciate the, uh, the chance to, to talk a bit. Yeah, I just, like I mentioned, I think this is such a great blog. Uh, I know you started it back in 2015, uh, and I'm really curious to know, I mean, let's just start right from the get-go about why you started an admissions blog. Sure. So, yeah, you know, it started really, to be honest with you, because uh, I have a, a good friend and colleague here, Matt McClendon, who's our director of communication. And... Uh, we have a tradition of Thursday afternoon running meetings uh, where we just, you know, instead of sitting in the office, we'll get our phones and put an agenda and uh, and run and just talk through the agenda. And if we, you know, have something that's really critical, we'll stop and make a voice note. But otherwise, we kind of work through it that way. And inevitably on those runs, I would, you know, go on some diatribe about one issue or another or trying to make some parallel about what's happening in admission. And, uh, you know, he just kept telling me I need to start writing this stuff down. And I honestly didn't think I had enough to say on a regular basis. Um, but he was really the the one that spurred me to, to get started. Um, and probably part of it was he just wanted to, you know, have his runs and meetings without me going on like 20 minute tangents. So <laughs> maybe selfish on his part, but I think it's worked out. Absolutely love it. And, and can you talk me through, I mean, from a general, you know, a high level, what is the blog? What is the blog about? Yeah, I mean, the blog um, is really about helping, hopefully, helping families, um, school communities to just see things in a different light. Um, I mean, one of the biggest frustrations I have, and I think one of the things I bemoan the most about this work that I really do love, is it brings a lot of anxiety and consternation. And unfortunately, sometimes that plays out by, you know, maybe dividing families a little more than it should. And, um, so I think any opportunity to bring some levity and bring some perspective uh, and just help people realize that, you know, they may not end up getting into the place that they they have as their sort of ideal school. But if they're that concerned about it and they're taking it that seriously, they're going to get in somewhere they're going to love. And, you know, it is going to be OK. And I feel like if there's a way we can tell those stories where they can laugh a little bit and see some parallels and get that perspective and just minimize a little of the stress and get people talking, it's, it's really worthwhile. 
And I think that's been probably the most gratifying is to get some notes back more lately, emails and just, um, you know, people uh, sharing that it, it's it's accomplishing that. So that's that's really been very satisfying. Yeah, you mentioned something there that I thought was interesting. You, you said pa- families, but then also I think you mentioned high school counselors. I thought that was an interesting secondary audience that probably is underrated when when you're talking about an editorial focus for a blog like this. How did you decide to to consider high school counselors in your in your editorial? Uh, calendar and uh, and what's the goal with communicating with them as opposed to to families? Yeah, well, I mean, the big thing is so many people who are working on a secondary side either themselves used to be in admission, and so I mean, I've got so many friends and colleagues who do that work, and it's just amazing because I mean, a, a great example of this is my former boss, um, our VP here for enrollment went over and started working for an independent school uh, after she had been probably 30 years in higher ed. And, you know, within two years, I'm not saying she had lost her credibility, but all of a sudden she had to bring people from the college side in to back up what she was saying, which I thought was preposterous that she would have me have to come, given that she taught me pretty much everything I knew (laughs) uh, and, you know, just sort of like validate what she was saying. And so, a lot of times school counselors, you know, they need the admission folks to sort of come behind what they're preaching day in and day out just because they're in that community. And even if they've got a wealth of you know, background and knowledge, they just need to have that reinforced. And so I feel like if we can give them any support and cover in that regard and just sort of, you know, allow them to redistribute, which we see that happening a lot. We can see on our metrics and our analytics that through Facebook and Twitter and other means, that's what they're doing. They're posting it on their sites. They're putting in their newsletters, um, you know, and it's not like it's any different than what they're saying. It's just it has a little more credence sometimes because it's coming from someone on the higher ed side who's, you know, quote, doing the work at the time. One of the other parts about this that I think is so unique, you know, you're your writing is really personal. You, you bring in, uh, you know, stories about, about your kids, about your family, but the blog itself is pretty attached to the Georgia Tech brand. Did you ever consider hosting this blog, you know, on, on your own platform, on a medium, on a blogger, and, and really making it about yourself as opposed to how it is, which is really intimately attached to Georgia Tech? Yeah, we, you know, honestly, initially we did not. And and I would love to say we had some grand master plan for what this was going to be and all the things it might accomplish. Uh, the truth is, we didn't. Um, you know, uh, Matt, again, just really encouraged me to get started with writing because he felt like there was some good content that we could use to help. And I have to say that he and his team, as well as our kind of central communication folks, have given me a ton of liberty and kind of a wide berth. And, you know, I mean, we look at it as our goal in our office has always been personalize the process you know, lean more to stories, not statistics. And in order to do that, it's naturally personal and it's naturally anecdotal. And thankfully, I have some friggin' hilarious kids and a, and a <laughs> wife who is, is, is humble and willing to let some of the stuff be shared. So, you know, it works out well. I mean, I do wonder sometimes if, <laughs> if they're not going to be like, oh, you know, you went a little far there. Uh, but in general, they've been super supportive. We have something here called the Amplifier. 
And it li limits you to about 600, 700 words. And I had written for that a couple of times, you know, trying to get sort of this, what does Georgia Tech think type of um, message out there. But honestly, with, with a lot of what I'm trying to convey, um, and, and again, trying to balance personal with um, professional insight, you know, that's just not enough copy, you know, to, to express things thoroughly. Um, and so they, they really kind of let me go on the blog and here and there we'll trim things up and put it on amplifier. But largely, you know, the blog is its own entity now and, and standing on its own pretty much. Hey everyone, the hashtag higher ed podcast is part of connect edu, a podcast network bringing together brilliant minds in the higher ed space and breaking down silos. You can check it out at connectedu.network, where you can find great shows no matter where you work on campus, as well as resources for first-time and long-time podcasters. You can also follow along on Twitter at connectedupod and hashtag connectedu. I want to talk about the, the editorial aspect of this blog, because like I mentioned at the top of the show, you do just such a wonderful job of balancing that personal and professional. I mean, how you've transitioned from a story about head lice to <laughs> a story about, you know, desire for, for prospective students is incredible. Um, you're also remarkably consistent in your publishing. How are you finding time to write? Is it always the same time? Are you just finding it in, you know, in different pockets that you're able to like, especially, you know, being so busy, like you mentioned, you have kids, you have a family. I mean, how are you finding time to write? Yeah, it, it can be a challenge. I mean, um, you know, you and I were even talking before the show a little bit about, you know, your background with some admission and marketing. And I mean, <clears throat> there are it's cyclical and, and there's times where you've got a little more, um, you know, flexibility in your schedule. But uh, to be honest with you, I cannot schedule it. I, uh, I have tried that. Um, where it's like, I'll, I'll block out two hours, you know, and just put blog or something. And that almost never works, you know, but it just sort of comes. I, I, I will say for me, running is, I'm a big runner. And normally I would not run with a phone. But since I started probably a year into writing the blog, I found that so many ideas come while I'm running. And so I just keep, I keep that voice recorder there. And it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I always thought I was in better shape until I listened back on that. And I hear myself huffing and puffing and, <laughs> you know, cars and other runners going past me and stuff. But uh, but it, it does help me just get a ton of ideas out and just just flesh it out a little bit and then go back, listen to that and, and type through it. And um, honestly, that's where most of it comes from is from runs. And then I, I fly a lot and uh, I've started to not get internet on the plane and just use that. Like I just got, I just got back from a trip and uh, this week's blog came, totally wrote that on the plane, just isolated time thinking, looking around, just trying to think about what's on the mind of kids right now and, and how can I help, uh, you know, again, bring some hopefully levity and also insight. You mentioned something in that answer that I want to explore a little bit more, which is that cyclical nature of admissions. Every fall, we're going to start back up with the same topics and same challenges. You know, you've been doing this now going on two and a half years. Mm -hmm. How are you regularly finding fresh topics to cover year after year? Do you, do you go back and update 
older posts or do you always try to write new new material? You know, to be honest with you, to this point, it has almost exclusively been new. But, you know, even as you're as you're asking that question, like we're heading right now, as you know, into the season of these different decisions coming out for kids. So, you know, you're going to have your admits, you're going to have your waitlist kids, you're going to have your denies. And I did a series last year, I think, looking at those possibilities. And we have tried to say, there's been a couple weeks where we've said, last year we wrote about X, here's that post, and, and really just sort of pushed it back out. And that has not tracked that well. That hasn't seemed, we, I don't think the way where we've packaged that has worked too well. And so I do think what you're suggesting, you know, there's been enough content now where I can go back and revisit and sort of like, you know, do the uh, the 2.0 on a couple things. But, you know, thankfully, even though it is cyclical and the same things come up, like, I don't know, I guess this is just part of doing the work and, and listening to what's out there. But it seems like most weeks I have some thought or experience or some story where I'm like, you know, that's that's a different way to express really the same concept, which, you know, is I mean, I enjoy that trying to just give people I, I feel like everybody kind of latches on to different things. And so the more that we can put out there, even if it's on the same topic, um, hopefully the wider uh, audience it can have. You mentioned uh, earlier in the show, you, you you talked, I think this is the technical term, you're freaking hilarious kids, which <laughs> I think is a really great phrase that needs to get brought up again here. Um, you know, like I, like I said, one of the things I love about this blog is that way that you take personal stories. You, you do share a lot. Mm-hmm. Does your family ever tell you, like, dad? Do not do not write about this, or, or you know, Rick. You can't you can't share this on your blog. Yeah. You know, not yet, but I can see it coming. <clears throat> you know, I, I've got my son is in third grade, and my daughter is in first. So thankfully, they're relatively oblivious to to most of this. There have been a couple, like the headlights uh, one that you brought up, uh, and there was one also. Um, about going to Disney World. And, you know, I, I read some of that to them and, and they were, you know, they have no concept of how, how many people might read this or whatever. But it is pretty funny because there was another story about my, my son peeing in a vent in our house. He, he literally ruined our duck works. I'm telling you, oh my it's our freaking house. <laughs> um, it's a long story, and I tried to tie it to procrastination. You know, the kid was peeing in our vent for months. And I went to a conference, and I got on the plane, and, and you know, at the time, he's like five, I guess. Uh, or maybe maybe not that old. Maybe I mean, not that young. He might have been like seven. And we get on the plane, and man, I got, I have colleagues who have, know this story. You know, I've used it in presentations and read about it. And they see him get on the plane. They all just start laughing and you know, not pointing. They were pretty discreet, but I, I do recognize that I'm going to need to watch that as he gets older. That's uh, cute when you're seven, but not so much at 14. So we'll see. And then my wife, you know, she again, thankfully, is so just uh, laid back and and self-deprecating. But um, the one that she kind of hit pause on was. Uh, I had written about my son not getting a Taekwondo belt. And, uh, you know, I was an idiot that night and said something to her about like, you know, you're not going to make this about you, are you? You know, because she felt like she should have done more to help him get the belt. And uh, literally, she's brushing her teeth while I said this. And, 
you know, she looks at me and I knew I had screwed up. And uh, I just went, I just went ahead and like banished myself to the couch that night and slept on the couch. Um, Cause I knew, you know, she was just not going to have it. Um, and, you know, I think she was like, let's, let's, let's keep it out of the bedroom. You know, that's, that's a little off limits. I'm curious, Rick, does, does your family read the blog even beyond your wife and your kids? Do you have other family that reads the blog as well as your, your professional colleagues or yeah. interested families of Georgia Tech? Yeah. Yeah. My, my aunt does, my mom does. Um, it's funny because I had, you know, early on, especially somebody would, you know, say something to me at a presentation about I read this in the blog or whatever. And I would always joke like it's, you know, it's good to know someone other than my mom is reading. And so every now and then I do try to tip my hat to them and let them know I appreciate them uh, encouraging me, you know, and, and reading through. And, and it's been cool because like I've got a I've got a cousin who's a teacher and, you know, some other people. And, and it's neat when I hear them say somehow it got sent to them or they stumbled on it and it makes me realize it's got maybe bigger tentacles than i initially thought hey everyone a quick shout out to the agency that makes this show possible e-city interactive you know i really do love coming to work every day at e-city and that's not just because everyone shares my love of donuts Uh, But that's really because I get to collaborate with a talented team working on everything from user experience to content and digital marketing to web design and development and a whole lot more. Our work has earned us an incredible roster of education clients, including the University of Pennsylvania, George Washington University, Petty School, Cornell, Drexel, Rutgers, and many others. So if you're looking to improve your web and digital presence and better communicate your school's story, visit us online at ecityinteractive.com and get in touch. I want to revisit something that we talked about earlier, which were your target audiences. We've kind of hit on this at a few stages of this episode, but you're, you're certainly writing for families and we've talked about the school counselors. Are you using your analytics to determine, you know, from a demographic standpoint, is it parents that are reading the blog that you're writing for, or is it the actual students themselves? Does that change based on the season? uh, Or are you just trying to mix it in? How are you going about really focusing on who you're writing for? You know, my hope is always that students will, will read it. But I do acknowledge, you know, partly because of some of our communication methods, I mean, you know, you can subscribe to it on email, but we, we put it out on Facebook and Twitter. And, and in general, those mediums are all going to draw a bit of an older um, demographic, you know, and I think that largely what's happening and what I see happening in here students is, you know, we can see where a parent might share it with their son or daughter on Facebook, or, you know, it's getting, it's getting maybe concierged, if you will, from a parent or from a counselor where they are taking that in and, and believing it has value and sending it to students. And, you know, I think that that is fine. And, and I hear from way more students lately, applicants and, and even other kids who didn't, you know, will even email me and say, like, I didn't even apply to Georgia Tech, but this has been really helpful. And what I love about that or what I'm imagining in that is giving parents and students just something of common ground. And I, I feel like that's where if I can poke fun at myself or, you know, use my, you know, young kids to like let them share something that's light, 
in a time that can often be, you know, a little, uh, a little stressful, you know, and, and largely just because the uncertainty of things, you know, that is, that is absolutely, you know, the goal and worth it, some springboard to a better conversation for them to have, um, even if it's at my expense or, you know, uh, just kind of, again, making light of the ridiculous things that seem to happen to me and my family. You mentioned the, the conversation, and I think that's really um, something that I, I want to talk a little bit about because one of the things that you don't have on your blog are comments. Mm. Uh, it doesn't appear you allow comments. There's there's no conversation happening after the article. Yeah. I'm curious how you got to that decision, and have you ever considered opening up the blog to comments? Yeah, we have. Um, the initial decision was – I can make time to write this. I just don't know that I can make time to give really good feedback. Um, and if people reach out, we're going to want to provide that back. And, <clears throat> you know, the debate has been, is it okay for someone else in our office to be the one to uh, respond? You know, we could open it up to comments and that doesn't necessarily have to be me. And we've, we've just waffled on that, to be completely honest with you. We've had that conversation. We've even had someone who's volunteered to be the one to do that. And I guess what we've been reluctant on is if we open it up, you know, and then we close it back down later uh, versus just leaving it as is, you know, and that's been kind of the ongoing debate because the, the truth is that, you know, I really don't think I would do a very timely and good job of responding. And since it is so personal, you know, it's not like I'm just writing as the director of admission at Georgia Tech. I mean, you know, it, it feels like it should be me or just nothing. And that's that's been where we've sat on it, um, you know, at least in recent conversations. Rick, you've, you've been in your role at Georgia Tech, I think, since 2003. And I mentioned at the top of the show, you've been blogging since 2015. You know, I, I think even in that time, you and I can probably agree, it's very rare or maybe has never happened for someone to actually choose a college based on a blog. Right. But you're very steadfast yeah. in your approach here. Mm -hmm. um, it almost feels like in hearing you talk about it, that there's an altruistic nature in this, that you're just hoping to to help, even if it doesn't directly benefit Georgia Tech. Is is that accurate? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you know, tech, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, just the trend over the last 10 to 15 years has been more kids applying or more kids applying to more places. Um, Georgia Tech has had a huge shift. I mean, when I got here, um, you know, we had about 9,000 students applying a year. We were accepting two out of every three. Um, this year, we had nearly 36,000 apply. We're going to probably end up admitting one out of every four. And um, wow. and so I've... I, I, and that's all because of the blog. All because of the blog, without a <laughs> doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, you, to your point, it's, it's very true. No one has ever applied to a school because of a blog, nor should they. That would be a terrible reason to apply to a school. But... I think that as we've shifted from a school that's, you know, always been good um, and had a pretty good brand and all that to a school that, I mean, wrong or right, because of selectivity, because of rankings, because of some of the things that I'm one of the quickest to point out in some ways don't have merit, but we do have a voice. So I can poke holes all day in the rankings, not a big fan of them, not a big believer in them, think it's a terrible reason for a student to make a choice about a school. But the bottom line is it, it does give us a platform. 
And I do believe that there's a real responsibility that comes with that. And people will read just because it says Georgia Tech. And then thankfully, you know, hopefully we're coming behind the brand with some actual valid, you know, helpful insight or tips or whatever. But yeah, it's 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 never been about, you know, get more applications. I mean, in fact, we've always said, and this is something we've stuck with is, yeah, use Georgia Tech when you need to as a illustration, because obviously that's what we know, but write as broadly as possible because the stuff that's happening here is happening at at private schools, public schools, you know, all throughout our country and, um, and families that we'll never meet and, and kids that shouldn't even apply to Georgia Tech, but it can still be helpful to them. But how are you evaluating success for this blog? Is it about page views, uh, subscribers? I think you mentioned mm-hmm. sharing yeah. earlier. Yeah. Uh, I know you mentioned that you're getting letters. I imagine there's some kind of anecdotal component to this too. I, I'm just really curious for you, mm-hmm. you know, what is success for the Georgia Tech Admissions Blog? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, we... We have been fortunate to see, and and there are our folks in communications do uh, track pretty pretty closely distribution. Um, we can see that on Facebook. We can see that on Twitter. As you said, we can see that with the subscribers that are consistently going up. And then, you know, particularly I'd say in the last three to six months, just so many more unsolicited. And just such encouraging emails from from families, parents, counselors, you know, and and even seeing it, you know, shared sometimes here and there as a a blog that you should follow. You know, it's not a primary part of my responsibility. It's not in my job description at all. If I stop doing it tomorrow, my boss wouldn't blink, I don't think. Honestly, I mean, our president talks a lot about what does Georgia Tech think? And, And our provost comes right behind that with this idea of, we should be thought leaders and we should be thought leaders with when there's a major natural disaster, they should call our civil engineering folks. And, you know, when, when a city's looking to, you know, put in new infrastructure, they should call our, our urban planning folks. And same thing across the board, you know, as it relates to admission, we want to be someone that's looked to on what's happening. What are the trends? Uh, you know, how how does Georgia Tech view things like you know, all of what impacts enrollment. So, you know, tuition increases and debt loads and, you know, things that are that are uh, driving, you know, applications and this, this type of thing. So, you know, that's that's really been sort of the, the crux of it for us. I can trust from our conversation that you are not going to stop blogging tomorrow uh, on the GT admissions blog. I guess along those lines, though, Rick, what does the future hold for for the admissions blog? I'll tell you the thing that I would like to see. We've tried to get more guest bloggers from our own staff um, and from our division and to a lesser extent from around campus, but um, interweaving some of our own in-house folks who are just brilliant and uh, have great insight. You know, I think it's been helpful to them to see that, you know, if you're just kind of looking around and telling your own story, you can absolutely just correlate that to all the issues that we're, we're facing and the messages we're trying to communicate. The one thing that I would love to see, and, and we just need to figure out how to do this is, I, I have heard from students and, and, and some counselors as well uh, 
you know, could we do like an audio version? And we might go to that, actually. I mean, there is something just I don't love my own voice. So there's something moderately terrifying about having having <laughs> that out there, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's always tough to jump into oh, a man. But, you know, I, like uh, I don't know if you're much of a, a football or fantasy football fan, but but Matthew Barry, um, you know, does fantasy football and uh, he writes, a, I think, a great <clears throat> blog. And he actually also voice records that this was how it got brought up. And, you know, there's we understand, you know, these these are kids. Right. So maybe they won't read fifteen hundred words, but. The five minutes it takes me to just voice record what I wrote, that kid might listen to it when they are, you know, walking through the halls at school or just sitting there waiting for the bus or who knows what. Editing their fantasy Editing football lineup. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I think that it's kind of like, why not? Let's give it a shot. And we can certainly track it and see if that's, um, you know, worth continuing. But the truth is that it really wouldn't take that much effort on our part. We, you know, we just need to, um, you know, get it figured out. I, I can see that coming. Well, Rick, I'll definitely look forward to that. Uh, I mean, obviously, with a podcast here, I'm a big fan yeah. of, of audio versions of a lot of content. Yeah. So uh, definitely looking forward to, to listening to, to your fantastic radio voice <laughs> uh, in future articles. Rick, thank you so much for, for joining the show. Before we let you go, though, uh, where can listeners find you online? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and thanks so much for having me. I really have uh, appreciated the opportunity and just great, great talking through this. Um, so on Twitter, at GT Admission, uh, no S on the end of that. So at GT Admission. Um, and then both our Georgia Tech Office of Admission Facebook page, and then we are also at GT Admission on Instagram. Uh, if people want to subscribe to the blog, it's, again, just uh, going to be emailed weekly when it comes out. And that uh, people can find the blog on the top horizontal navigation of our admission website, uh, which is admission.gatech.edu. Uh, and of course, each week on the show, we ask our guests to give a social shout out to a colleague or individual that deserves more recognition of their work. I know that this is uh, the hardest part of the show. Everyone tells me that all the time. And, and Rick, I know it was difficult for you as well, but uh, you came prepared with a couple people in mind. Yes, I did. Um, appreciate that. And you're right. Um, it's, uh, it's tough sometimes to kind of narrow down, first of all, and then just point out some of the, the great colleagues and, and friends out there doing good work. Um, I've got a couple. I've got three for you. Uh, one of them is a, a counterpart on the college side, Jeff Schiffman, who works at Tulane University and writes uh, a blog for them. Just does a phenomenal job, very transparent. Um, I think he does an excellent job of just putting things in perspective and appreciate his style. He's a, a great colleague. Um, another one is, is uh, actually on the secondary side up in New Hampshire at a uh, school called Dairyfield in Manchester, um, Brennan Barnard. He is a uh, uh, counselor, school counselor, um, writes something called College Mindfully, and uh, you can find him on Twitter at Barnard Brennan. Um, and that's uh, B-A-R-N-A-R-N, or I'm sorry, B-A-R-N-A-R-D-B-R-E-N-N-A-N. Um, but college mindfully is sort of his take on things and the way he approaches things. Um, really appreciate that style. Uh, and then lastly, and a little bit more in the mainstream is Eric Hoover uh, with the um, 
a chronicle for higher education. Um, just does a phenomenal job. He's really kind of one of our main beat writers and um, thoughtful and comprehensive and gets the nuances. Um, he's a pro. And so I, I just pretty much encourage people to read anything he writes. Rick, once again, thank you so much for, for joining the Hashtag Higher Ed podcast. Really, really enjoyed our conversation. And I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what you have in store for us on the GT Admissions blog. Absolutely. Thanks again, Stephen. I really appreciate you uh, bringing me on. 